Dear Textual Healing listeners, this is an off-the-record episode uh, with Ravi Mangla, who is me. And I am reading a short story called Canvasser and pairing it with a song called Go Home by Claude. Canvasser. Knocking on doors seemed as good a job as any. The contract was only for three months and would give me a chance to stretch my legs. I was twice the age as the other recruits, knee-deep in my thirties and familiar with life's disappointments. We were given a script to read and a list of addresses printed in too small type. The field director was an acne-scarred beanstalk named Mosier, who spent a semester abroad in Japan and now answered the phone with Moshi Moshi. He lined up the new hires and strode back and forth with his hands clenched behind his back. From now on, you eat, sleep, and breathe doors. Screen doors, side doors, wooden doors, sliding doors. He continued listing variations of doors. Got a girlfriend? A boyfriend? Drop them. You're dating doors now. They sent me to the city's outer dregs to sermonize on the hidden harms of carbon. I was hopped up on cheap coffee in purpose. But door after door, the result was the same. People were not home or pretended to be not home or opened the door to tell me they were not home. A septuagenarian woman with a tangled nest of henna-dyed hair answered, stunned me by not flinging the door in my face. I fumbled for the script. An ice shelf the size of Kansas slides into the sea. The skies are gray with soot and smell of wet dog. A young boy just discovering his body is sucked into the maw of a raging hurricane. Honeybees are now automated and all the apiary jobs have been shipped to Honduras. What do these things have in common? You can stop them with your one-time non-sequential cash donation. This sounds very important, the woman said, a look of sincere concern. But I stopped keeping money in my house after those twin brothers escaped from the local prison. There was nothing in my training manual about twin brothers. Why don't you wait here while I visit the bank, she said, slipping on her slip-on shoes. The woman climbed into her guzzler of a truck and motored off. I sat down on the porch and checked my messages. I had no messages. The afternoon heat pounded down like a battering ram. I leaned against a porch pillar and closed my eyes. When I woke, darkness had staked its claim to the evening. The truck was still missing. I started walking back to the office. Mosier was leaning over a pinball machine, goading the flippers to flip harder. I didn't remember this machine from the morning orientation. What was your haul, he said, toweling off. I presented a pocket full of change, salvaged from the sidewalks. Mosier looked at me with a predicted disappointment. Maybe doors aren't for you, he said. There were complications. Don't piss in my mouth and tell me it's raining, he said, lifting his palm to his face. There's one thing I can't stand, it's piss takers. Mosier paid me for the day and sent me packing. I had to cut catch two buses to get home, transferring at the newfangled transit hub. Walking up the steps to the apartment, I saw Cassandra through the kitchen window, buds implanted in either ear, nodding along to the latest synth-pop revival. I couldn't find my apartment keys. I feared they'd slinked out of my pocket on the second bus leg. I knocked on the door. She couldn't hear me. I knocked again, harder. Still no answer. I kept knocking, a steady thrum, until the pain in my knuckles was radiant and bright. 